Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the second morning service of Saturday the 23rd of February 2013, entitled, How to Love. Here's Pastor Luke Guadano. This, this material is written by a preacher who did a, a, a counseling for 35 years this uh, book was translated in 38 different languages, all right? So I just, just want to tell you the power of this information. And uh, it has is, it is really revolutionized uh, a, lot of, a lot of our marriages, a lot of our relationships, again, father to son and, and uh, you know, in between uh, in the church. And so I want to just kind of share it with you. Um, and uh, the, the one statement that I'll, I want you to understand right away, if it's from your mother to you, or if it's husband to wife, relationships are never static. Relationships are like a house, you know? If, if you don't do any work on the house, it just tends towards disorder, the second law of thermodynamics, all right? And so if we're not building, it's breaking down. And so that's very important. We need to be building. Again, guys enter a relationship, they think everything's wonderful. I don't need to do anything. Everything's wonderful. Why would I want to? Why would I do anything? Everything's everything's fine, and uh, we need to realize that we need to be working on our relationships. Whether we're pastors, whether we're uh, just uh, uh, still living at home, we need to be working on relationships. Um, and so we're going to talk about how to love. Um, a lot of times, people love each other, and later at the five o'clock session, we'll talk more man and woman. So this session is not about the difference between men and women. This session. We're going to talk about five love languages, and what I mean by languages is communicating. Language is communicating. Communicating to somebody that I love you. A lot of times, uh, men and women uh, love each other, but they're not feeling love from each other. Now, they're actively trying to love, but the other person doesn't feel that love. It would be like me trying, or it would be like Penos trying to talk to me in Greek, and saying all this stuff to me, he's trying to communicate to me, I don't have a word what he's saying, all right? But that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing in, in the church, that's what we're doing in our relationships, that's what we're doing in our marriages. Um, we have a certain way of communicating, of course that's the right way, why? Because it's our way, all right, of communicating. We have needs, we have a way of saying things, and, and we just assume, I'm like this, they must be like this. And that's, that's, that's wrong. It's wrong when we go on the street. We have to understand we're dealing with different individuals. So understand that we, we, we interpret things different. Uh, love is, is a confusing word, as we already had mentioned. Um, love is an emotional need, and you need it. Um, your spouse needs it. Your kids need it. Anyone that you're associated with, your friend, needs to be loved uh, by you. Um, this is a neat phenomenon, and, and uh, we already talked about that charity never faileth. Love stimulates love. Now, again, we're not looking for the reaction necessarily. We're supposed to be loving without expecting any return. But it's just a natural phenomenon that when we love, it is reciprocated. Not always by that person, but the people that, you know, show themselves friendly, you know, have friends. That's the biblical principle. All right, so love stimulates love. Hate stimulates hate. And so understand that. Sometimes we, we want someone to change, so we go, rah, and we think that's going to fix it. And that doesn't fix it. 
that kind of stuff, you know, just, it gets the wrong response. So love stimulates love, hate stimulates hate, and it's important that we understand that. Um, another important truth and an important statement to fathers and to anyone that's here that's a few years older is that young people will look for love wherever they get it. It's a need that we have. And so if they're not finding it in the home, they will look for it elsewhere. And so uh, be careful. Um, Be careful, uh, ladies. Be careful, guys, to hook up with someone that has a big hole inside of them, and they're using you to fill that hole. They need to be loved. They've got this need. And all of a sudden, they gravitate to you because in some way you're, you're fulfilling that need. All right, and that's not always the best way to start a relationship or to start a marriage or whatever. Well, you've got this guy that's got this big hole inside of him, and you really can't fix everything in his life. But understand that we have this need, and as we're trying to minister to people, they need to be loved. And so we need to be able to communicate that love to us. It's not enough to just say, I love them. You know, um, there's people in the Bible, David was one. Now, he didn't discipline his kids, but. A lot of times people, they really do love. When, when Absalom died, it's, it's, oh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, would have God I have died for thee? But we've got to go beyond what we feel inside. We've got to communicate to that person and discipline and all the rest. But to the, right now we're talking about love, and that person has to feel loved by us. Um, and so if you uh, feel loved, uh, in, in the case of a marriage, by your spouse, the whole world seems bright. If, if you're a person in the youth group and you feel loved, or if you're loved by your parents, I mean, the whole world seems wonderful. If you don't feel loved, everything goes dark in a hurry. And so, uh, again, our goal is to impact our world. Our goal is to bring brightness where there is no brightness. That's what we're here to do. And so uh, these are the five love languages. Now, everyone will have a love language, and you may not be able to, when I go through them, and I, even after I explain them, you may not be able to figure out which one is you. But I guarantee one will stand out among the rest if you take careful, you know, and, and analyze it later. Again, this is not a guy-girl thing. Uh, we're all different. Um, and there's five general love languages um, that communicate love to people. Number one, if you're taking notes, words of affirmation, words of affirmation. Uh, someone that, uh, that's their love language, they love to hear those encouraging words. You know, um, now guys have a little bit more ego, you know, sometimes they, 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 they like to hear certain things, but that's really not their love language. What we're talking about is someone that really needs to, for them to have, to feel love, they need to be able to hear, I love you. They need to be able to hear you're doing a good job, you know, wow, you know, look how strong you are, you know what I mean? Certain kids, I've got four kids, certain kids respond to different things. And, and all your kids probably have different love languages. And so if you're trying to love your kids, you need to understand these things. But words of affirmation is the first one. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so words, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, is wrong. Because words do hurt, and they cut deep. And sometimes it would be better if you whack me upside the head with a two-by-four than if, if you said some things that, you know, will stick in my mind forever. So words of affirmation is number one. I'll go through these, and then I'll come back and explain them. Two is receiving gifts. Receiving gifts is a love language. 
Uh, it's a symbol of love through, you know, many, many cultures. Uh, it's, it's, you know, something that is astounding that even though people are so different, always a gift is a symbol of love. That is, uh, you know, and that can be uh, anything, cards, flowers, something longed after a gift. Uh, three, acts of service. Acts of service communicates love. Uh, cooking a meal, doing something, taking care of things, doing something when you're asked to do something, I take care of this issue or I do this thing, you know, I, I made up the bed or I did something, that it communicates love. It may not communicate love to you, but it, it, it communicates love to many people when they say, would you do this for me? And you do it and it's an act of service and they go, wow, the person really loves me. They, they did this act of service for me. Four, quality time. Quality time is your undivided attention, spending time with somebody, not just, you know, uh, being in the same room. This is not quality time. We're not together. All right, we've got people everywhere. But quality time is a love language. Five, physical touch. Most of the time, you know, I teach young couples now, married couples. They get a license, all right, to be together, all right? And when they, I say physical touch, every guy goes, oh, yeah, that's my love language. And, and, and... It's, it's really not, because what we're talking about is, what we're talking about, like, is if, if your wife, if your wife was, you know, saying all these mean things about you and was telling everything to everyone about you and all this other stuff, would you still feel like you needed to be hugged by her? Would you still feel like, you know, you want to, you know, uh, you know, go to the bedroom with this woman? And most guys would go, no, absolutely not. And the reason is, is because probably physical touch is not your love language. My daughter is the, you know, I've got four kids. My number three daughter, Susie, she's the first one to run in and hug dad. And, you know, that's like a big thing with her. She wants to rub dad's back and she wants to do it, you know, and she's just real touchy that way. And a, a hug to her or doing something like that. And if, if physical touch is your love language, if, if your spouse comes up and kind of rubs your back or something in public or whatever like that, that's like, that speaks love to you. And so this, this is physical touch, all right? So understand what I'm talking about. Um, as I mentioned, you have a primary love language. Um, you can receive love in all five, but you will speak your dialect fluently, okay? So you can feel love in all of these love languages, but one is more natural to you, and that's the one that you probably will tend to, if you're an acts of service person, well, then you're going to, you know, acts of service to somebody else because that's just the way you think. You think they're like you. You're going to respond that way. Um, but you'll speak that fluently. The object of this is for you to understand these things. Now, if you're married, certainly you'll, you will want to learn you know, your spouse's dialect. You will want to learn their love language because you're trying to love them. You know, your wife's learning Greek, right? And, and it, it's just as difficult for, for me to learn a love language that is not my own because it does not come natural to me. But it is, as you can see, it's very vitally important because my language, I'm just speaking a bunch of stuff to them and it doesn't communicate love. And though I'm trying to love them, they're not feeling love, all right? So let's, let's break this down a little further. Um, love languages are developed sometimes through childhood. For example, um, maybe you have a family and they say all the right things. They always tell their children, I love you, and, and they always say the right things, but really they don't spend any time with them or they don't really um, 
there's, the, there's a lot of emptiness in their words. Someone that's raised like that really doesn't care about how much you tell them. They're not really interested in what you say. They're not interested in words of affirmation because words their whole life has been empty to them. It's show me, you know. I don't want to hear it. I want to I see it, you know. And so uh, as you grow up, sometimes these things are developed and uh, that just becomes who you are. And so it's not wrong who you are. Um, we're just trying to understand you, especially trying to understand others, how to love others. That's what the goal is, impact our world. Um, and so uh, I've also got in my notes, what if these languages don't come natural? You know, um, because remember, love is, is something you do for someone else. It's not about this comes natural to me. Well, I just don't do that, people will say. That's just not me. Well, then you can just stay where you're at and, you know, your, your parents or the person you're trying to reach or your spouse will not feel loved by you because you're just, I won't learn that, you know. They need to learn my language. That's pretty selfish, isn't it? We need to be able to say, I'm going to communicate love to them and meet their needs. And there's a world that needs, you know, their needs met. And uh, we have part of that responsibility. Um, what is someone's love language? And how do you find out what someone's love language is? First, um, I counsel people to, if you're trying to love someone, give them a steady dose of all five. All right, and we'll explain them a little further so that you can do that. But give them a steady dose of all five. Love them in all those ways, but listen to them. Pay attention to them. Listen to what they say. Take it for what it's worth. Listen to what their needs are. Listen to their complaints. Now, we don't like to do that, me especially. I hate complaining. But you want to learn something about somebody? Listen to what they're always complaining about, and I guarantee you that's a need in their life. And they're telling you something. And if you really care, if you're not, it's all about me, you'll listen to that and you'll say, you know, they might have a need that way. We assume, I don't have a need that way. Why do they need that? You know, um, my, my sister, if you talk to her, she says, Dad was never home when we were younger. He was always in the ministry. I think, what? He was there. I mean, I don't feel like that. Because quality time is not my love language. He could have been gone all the time, and, and that was, you know, it didn't make, make a hill of beans to me. So I say, why don't you just be like me? But there's other things that I need. You see what I'm saying? We all have needs. So th this is different, you know, depending on who you are. Um, as I mentioned, your children all have different love languages. Um, let me just review a little bit. Many people love each other, yet they cannot seem to express their love. And when they do it, it is misinterpreted. It is not appreciated. It may not even be noticed. And so, you know, these five love languages are key to being able to bridge that gap. Remember what I mentioned in the last session about charity? Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. You know, charity, uh, charity is always, let me say, charity is always a choice. It's not a tingly feeling. It's a choice that I'm going to do this. And so this is what this is about. This is at the heart of the matter. I'm going to decide to do something that's not natural to me, but I'm going to learn this 
foreign language, and I'm going to learn to be able to love somebody. Um, so let's talk a little bit about words of affirmation. You know, if this is your love language, you need it. You crave it. You know, every, you know, you might have been beat down. You might have been told when you were younger that you're nothing. You might have been told, you know, all kinds of things. And when someone says, boy, you're doing a good job, it's just like, you know, it just makes all the difference to you. This is words of affirmation, encouraging words, kind words. And so, again, I'm not a words of affirmation per- person. Now everyone's wondering, what, what love language is he? Maybe we'll get to that. All right. I don't need to be told you're doing a good job. I don't need to be told. You know, I mean, I like when my wife says, I love you. Okay, fine. But it doesn't really mean a lot to me. It really doesn't. You know? Um, so what happens is I don't tend to, to, you know, pass that on. I don't tend to give someone a big pat on the back. I don't tend. But some people need that. And we've got to identify that. And if that's their love language, I've got to tell them. I've got one child that I need, to, I need to say a lot of encouraging things to them. Because all they hear is, you didn't do good on that test. You didn't study. You didn't, you know, they, and, and they're always hearing the negative. And we've got to take the time, like I was mentioning in the last session, on a separate time and give them some words of affirmation. Now, I guarantee there's some people in here right now that's going, yeah, stay on that, preach on that. I mean, tell everyone about that because that's your love language and you're saying, you're saying you know, that's so, that's so very vitally important I can see that makes sense. And so that may be your love language if you're thinking that way. Um, quality time. Um, and, and, you know, this is, I guess, let me back up. Let me say what quality time is not. You know, quality time is not two people watching TV together. Quality time is, you know, uh, not being in the same, you know, room together. And see, what you'll have is you'll have couples come in, and, and uh, the husband will say, and he will say, she'll say, I don't feel loved. And the husband will just, he'll, be, he'll want to rip his hair out. He's like, what do you mean that you don't feel loved? I went to, I, I, I provide for you. I work all of these hours. I slave at work. I come home, preacher, and, and you know, I, I try to say nice things to her. I, I'm, I'm over there, and, you know, I mean, I even made the bed. I washed the dishes, you know. I did all these things, and I did them on purpose. I'm trying to love this woman, and now she comes in here. He's exasperated. I don't feel loved. But what she wants is quality time. She wants him to, you know, pack her up in the car and go sit there at a restaurant and kind of look at her and listen to her and all of this, you know, and that's important to her. But he doesn't see the, the need for that. We can't afford that, you know. You can afford to sit there and, and have, you know, tea with your spouse and, and listen to her or listen to him. It's not just a guy. You know, sometimes guys need quality time. And women are running around with the kids and everything else, and, you know, there is no quality time. I'm, I'm in another country, so I can tell you a little bit about me and my wife, all right? I don't know if this is being recorded. I hope it's not. We had a breakthrough uh, years ago, me and my wife. I, I bought this jacuzzi, and uh, she just loves those baths and stuff like that. You know, I, who cares about that? For years, I never went in at one time. Not, you know, just, had, you know, I take a shower, I get in and out, you know, that's it. One time, it was a cold night, she's, she, you know, she said, you know, why don't you know I was hurting? Why don't you jump in there, right? So it's big enough where we can both fit in. Oh, now, I know we've got people that are under 18. We got to behave, all right? I'm, I'm not in couples class, all right? Well, first, you know, 
Um, I'm a guy, she's a girl. So there's a naked lady in there. I go, well, that, that ain't all that bad. So, you know, and if it's hot, I don't like cold water, but if it's hot, okay. So, so I, get, I, I go in there, and I've been going, this ain't too bad. This isn't too bad. This is nice, you know. And all of a sudden, we're talking, you know. Don't look at me that way. I've got a license to be in there with her. I, I do. Fifteen years ago, I got it. So, um, but she's talking to me. My attention is toward her. There's nothing distracting me. You know what I'm saying? No phone calls, no nothing. And I'm sitting there for 10 minutes listening to her. And it's really not painful for me to sit in there for 10 minutes and listen to her. Now, if I'm busy, if I'm doing something and I hear this, it's painful. But there, oh, there's nothing distracting me. There's no problem. And it was like, oh, oh, this is wonderful, you know, for her. And I'm thinking, this ain't, this ain't that bad, you know? But we had a breakthrough. So I tell folks, you know, maybe, you know, you don't have to have a jacuzzi. Don't everyone go out and buy a jacuzzi. But, you know, go out to eat. Sit there at the table. Quality time. There's one of my sons that he wants to drag me into his room, show me what he did. He wants, you know, I mean, and that little time with dad is huge for him. Now, if you're not a quality time person, like I said, with my dad, it doesn't matter. You know, um, I'm an acts of service guy. I'm like, I asked you to do these three things, and you did all this other stuff. And and my wife used to say, you know, but I I made this special dinner, and I did this over here. You know what I'm saying? She's trying to love me, and I I would think she doesn't love me. But, But I asked her to do these couple of things, and there's women like that. We talked about the honey-do list. My wife is not an acts of service person. So she doesn't, she doesn't care. She never writes up a honey-do list. She never says, change the light bulb, all this. But some women do. Some women say, they'll come in my office and say, preacher, you know, I don't feel loved. I've asked him to paint the bedroom for nine months. And that's like super important to her. I asked him to change that light bulb. You think if he loved me, you know, I can't reach it. He would reach up there and change that stupid light bulb. Acts of service. You see what I'm saying? But that's her love language. And if, if, that's, your, if that's your parents' love language, and you can observe them, everyone's different. So you're trying to love people. You're trying to understand them. You've got to pay attention. Guys, we'll talk about that at five. Got, you know, men and women are different. Guys are not great listeners. We really have to work on listening and observing we don't observe well. We don't listen well. We're just like, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing, and that's it. But we need to pay attention if we want to love someone like Christ loved us. We ought to love someone. We need to be paying attention to what's going on. So I guess I talked a little bit about acts of service. We squeezed that in. Um, let me back up and talk about receiving gifts, receiving gifts. If this is your love language, it's a huge deal. Um, it, you know, and it really does symbolize something special. This, you know, people will take their, their ring off when they're, you know, not happily married. It's a symbol. This is, this is, you know, a symbol of love right here. You know, I'm married, and so this is a symbol. And if people don't, you know, they're, they're doing, you know, people take their ring off. But if you're, a, a, if you're a receiving gifts person, this is a big thing to you. You know, Christmas comes. My birthday comes. Somebody thought of me. My dad is like that. Now, the reason I know my dad is, is, has a tendency towards 
uh, receiving gifts is, is a love language. I never used to understand it. Dad would unwrap his present at Christmas, and if it, if it was just like a, you know, a tie or something that, you know, someone just put together, they didn't really put a lot of thought into it, he wasn't real happy. He'd try to hide it, but I, I could tell, and I would think, that's kind of selfish, you know? It's just the way I would think. I think that's kind of stupid, you know what I mean? I mean, it's Christmas, you know? Who cares what you get, you know? What's, what's, in, what's in a gift? It ain't no big deal. But my dad, if you ever come by him, he gives, you know, everybody everything. He gives books. He gives people, you know. He's always giving people these knives, he, you know. He, he just loves doing that. And he, but, but, but this is, you know, people, you kind of laugh. Well, it's American, I guess. And my dad is that way, you know. We won't talk about the guns. We'll leave that aside. But uh, he gives people things because that is his love language. And when he is feeling down, you know what he does? I've seen him do it a thousand times. He will go out shopping, and he'll buy himself a pen. He loves pens, but that makes him feel better. And, and it's just, I mean, you can observe, that, you know, and people, you know, guys will say, I can't afford it. You can't afford not to do it. Again, it's not that you have to buy some big extravagant thing. I'm an investor. I like to invest and get return on my investment. And let me tell you, if your spouse is, is receiving gifts, gifts are her thing. Buy her gifts. I know a preacher. He's an old man of God, Don Green. His wife's, you know, is, she's got a room full of shoes. He buys her something every week. A, a shoes, a little this, a little tiny that. And he just, you know, this is an old timer. You know what I mean? I mean, he's, brother, you know, Doc Green's, he's at the end. I mean, he ain't got much to go. But he loves that woman. He's realized that that's a big thing to her. And they love each other. And it's a sweet thing. And so if, if receiving gifts is your, is your spouse's love language, I encourage you, invest in them. And it'll come back, you know, tenfold. Um, but it's not about that. Remember, last session, don't forget that. Um, all right, um, let's talk just a little bit before we wrap up here. Um, and I'll just uh, challenge you a few other things. Physical touch. This is, this is the thing, like I mentioned with my daughter Susie, where we can, we can um, guys, uh, let me say dads, sometimes you can think, this kid loves me more than the other ones. Why do we say that? Well, Susie's the first one that runs out the door. Susie's the one that gives me, you know, big hugs and kisses. She wants to sit by daddy. She wants to sit on daddy. No, no, she's getting older now. She don't want to sit on daddy no more. But she still is, you know, she gives us a big hug. She's hooked up all the time with my brother's daughter, and he's got seven kids, seven. Um, and, uh, but they're, they're like two in the same. And they're always, you know, my brother's daughter will come up. She's just like Susie. Can I rub your feet? She'll be rubbing my feet. I'm like, I don't even want my feet rubbed. You know what I mean? But she wants to rub Uncle Louie's feet. But this is a big thing to her. Now, let me tell you, just let me give you this truth to think of, because if whatever your love language is, and I'll use physical touch to just kind of model this, if physical touch is your love language, for me to hug my daughter speaks love to her. Now, to someone that physical touch is their love language, for me to smack her in a way that would not be right communicates deep things. You see what I'm saying to that one? Now, I could probably crack another one of my kids, and it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? 
That would matter. You understand what I'm saying? It would matter. But they would get over it. You know what I'm saying? So if words of affirmation is your love language and someone says something, oh, that's deep. You see what I'm saying? So it, it, it's a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. So be careful about that. The, the physical touch thing, again, there's, you know, sometimes uh, if, you're, if your spouse, physical touch is a big thing, you know, they might want a back rub, guys that are married, all right? Everyone else plugged their ears. Um, they might want a back rub that's not associated with anything else. You know, guys, you know, we always got ulterior motives. Preacher, if I did that, you know, I'd go blind. But, you know, you got to communicate love. You're going to have to be bigger than that. You're going to have to say, you know, I want to love this person. You know, sometimes it's, you know, guys are real weird about it. I'm not going to come up and give my wife a kiss in public or put my arm around him or hold hands. You know, I feel like, ah, that's just not me. Now, it may not make a difference to your spouse. It may not make a, it, she probably don't care. But if, if, your, if your spouse's physical touch is her love language, and it could be guys too, you understand that. I'm just using ladies because most guys are a little more comfortable with that. All right, but I'm telling you, I feel like the king of the world when I'm sitting there, and, and physical touch is not my love language, but if I'm sitting there at the table at my dad's house or whatever, my wife comes over like that and she puts her arms around me and says, oh, hey, honey, like this, you know? I kind of like, yeah, you know? And so, so it is a love language. And it's not just a, you know, women, are, you know, that's a woman thing. It's really not. Um, remember, charity, remember, you know, to sacrifice, you know, to, to be willing to sacrifice, giving without expecting return. Um, let's see here, just as we, we close here in the next few minutes, remember, you know, because people are choosing their partners, and I want to just encourage the younger folks, the teenagers, on a tingling feeling. They're, 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 they're choosing someone to marry based on these fireworks, you know? And it's, it's really not about those fireworks. It's not about all of that. Now, that's a good thing. When, when people come together for the right reason, God puts them together. But that's supposed to be after. Let me just, let me just um, I don't know, be straight up with you, okay? I already told you, I sang to you, I said that, you know, I had a few rough years now. The Lord blessed me, kept me from a lot of trouble. My wife is the only woman that I've ever known sexually, my wife. But before that, I was associated with some other girls in my life and before I met my wife. And, you know, the Bible says it's good for a man and woman not to, you know, a man not to touch a woman. But I didn't obey that. I did whatever I thought was okay. So here I'm you know, going out with this girl for a year. We get involved a little bit. Again, not all the way, but we're involved. And I'm telling you, it was like, I love, you know, being with this girl. And it was like this, you know, up and down, up and down emotionally, you know. But those fireworks were there. But that's usually what the physical stuff does. It brings those fireworks. When I met my wife and we started dating, by then I was trying to do what was right. And I said, okay, hands off. I'm going to behave myself. We started, you know, going together, and, and we had the same values. We were heading in the same direction. All of this was true. But I'm thinking, where's, where's the snapping pizzazz? Where's the fireworks? Where's the, I don't feel this for this woman. It was freaking me out. I'm like, how can this be the one? This can't be the one. And it was the one. 
And I almost, you know, missed it because my, my mind was more on that worldly way. And so I'm trying to challenge you. Don't worry about all that stuff. Believe you me, that stuff came later. And we have a great relationship. And, you know, the Lord has blessed us. And let me say, God's way is the best way. You know, if you, if you mess up before marriage, there's judgment for that. Those that have, I don't want to discourage you. Because, you know, people make mistakes. God is bigger than that. But, you know, two people that come together and they're, they're, they don't know anyone else, it's like, it's like me. I can eat, like, food and it don't go on me. We were talking about that. I've got a great metabolism. Two people that come together young and get married young and do it the right way, God's way, it's just they have a great, you know, uh, metabolism in their marriage, whether it's in the bedroom or whatever, whether it's in, in just a bunch of things, they don't have all this baggage. And they just, everything just comes easy to them. And people that come together after being with other people and partners and doing things the world way, and, you know, if it's just one person or something, people can, you know, they, they have some baggage, but they can get over it. But some people have really messed up their lives. They've been with all these different people, and there's damage that's done. It'll still work. It'll still be okay for you. But understand, you know, you're not going to be able to, you're going to have to work for it. It's like, you know, someone can lose weight, you know, but they're going to have to work for it. You know, you know I just eat, and it's, it, it just goes off. It's no big deal. All right, so that's what we want. We want that for you. But if, you're, if, you're, if you've made some mistakes, don't get discouraged by it. Just say, okay, I understand it's not, not going to just always be easy. We're going to have to work through some things. And, and, you know, we're not going to make any more mistakes. But let me just encourage you to think about what I've said with the love languages. Study those notes and try, you know, actively loving people. All right? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for the attentiveness Lord, of, of these folks, I pray that I was a blessing. And, Lord, I pray that uh, you would take it a step further. Lord, you know their hearts more than I can even talk about. You know their hearts. And, Lord, I pray that you would bridge the gap and tell, you know, tell them what they need to know when I don't even have the words. And, Lord, minister to hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.